Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every week on Together on Tuesdays, we always focus on relationship issues. And and you're like, but Jim, this is a workplace ministry show. All right, but Martha, why do we talk about relationships every Tuesday? Well, you know, we think about in the workplace how many people you interact with. And although you may not be married to somebody that you're working with, you are building a relationship. And that co-worker relationship is it's important for it to be healthy because then you have proper communication, you know how to deal with each other, and you just understand how relationships work. And the flip side of that is if you are in a marriage that um, is is not having a healthy relationship, it affects what you do at work. It affects your mindset. It affects your heart. It affects how you um, your productivity at work. And so we really just want to encourage people. We are, if you're in a marriage, marriage is forever. I mean, we made a vow. Forever. Forever. I don't know why I said it like that. But it, you know, it's it's, um, a huge commitment. And there's no reason to just get by and just live it out. But to do it, have your marriage be as full and as real and as vibrant as it can be. Well, and the other reason, and take it a little bit further, what Martha's saying is on Tuesdays, we talk about marriage and relationships because, listen, our marriages are an, examples, are an example for other people. Yes. There's a lot of people out there struggling with, how do I even get this to work? And you work with people right now. You're sitting next to people right now who 
whose marriages are in trouble. Or maybe they're just a little rocky. Or maybe they're a little moldy. One, or, one, one or maybe or they just don't have a good example in their own family of what a good yeah. marriage looks like. As we call the, it the upline. There you we go. We have the privilege of an incredible upline. We do. Yes, we do. So we've been married almost 30 years. Our parents have been married 60 years for Martha's folks next year. And uh, going, so they're in their 60th year. My folks going on 62 years. We, and That's a long time. Your parents were married almost 66 years. I mean, grandparents, excuse yep. me. So, I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible privilege. So, but here's the deal. People are, are looking for real and they're looking to Christ followers to see something different. And, and so this is a ministry opportunity. So we're always trying to give you tips and hints on how to take it to the next level and do it in the workplace. And, and you know, that's what we talk about marriage. I mean, it's a heart and a passion for us. I mean, it is. If we could do full-time marriage ministry right alongside business mentoring, we'd all put it all together. Well, oh yeah, we do that, don't we? We try. Well, we're, and we and this year on the marriage cruise, we're going to do just that. We're going to have a breakout strictly for entrepreneurial leaning couples. Yes, there is. We've definitely learned that there's a dynamic to having your own business, whether you're working together in it or not, having a um, a home business or a entrepreneurial business really affects um, 24-7 of what you do. Right. So we'd like to invite you to come along with us on this cruise. Next February 18th to the 22nd, Martha and I are hosting the third annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat sponsored by I Work For Him. And, and this is a retreat that's about three quarters full. We'd love to fill it all the way up. We would love to have you and your wife or you and your husband join us. Not because we're, you know, the most incredible people in the world, but no, we have a heart and passion I think we are pretty. Well, honey, you're incredible. Oh, uh, really? I always say that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think you're unbelievable. Thanks. Uh, but we just really have a passion for building marriages, and we try to provide an environment that will really make it a healthy place for you to build on your marriage, to work on it. That's right. And, you know, it just goes back with why we talk about marriage every week on Tuesdays is that you can never talk about it enough because we're always learning new things. We're always reading new material. My goodness, you know, the statistics on how much gets put on the Internet every day is crazy. And there is some very good stuff to help us grow intentionally in our marriages and in a Christ-centered fashion. So that's why we talk about it so often. Someday the Internet's going to take over our lives. Oh, yeah, it already has. It might have already. All right, so we'd like you to join us on the marriage retreat. Go out to iworkforhim.com, click on the cruise tab. Love to have you check it out. Each and every Tuesday, we talk about relationship issues and marriage issues. And we do that because, listen, marriage issues impact all of us. And we are and we really, you know, whether we've got broken marriages around us or, or solid marriages around us, it, still, it impacts us one way or the other. And so we're really just trying to impact our culture in a positive way. That's why I read that verse every day as we open up the show, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because they're screwed up. The behaviors and customs of this world are all about... Divorce. I want to be happy. I deserve to be happy. I mean, I mean, come on, give me a break. God goes on to say, Paul, through Paul in Romans 12, 2, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And, and, and so we got to stop mimicking the culture. It's ridiculous. A absolutely. The fact that Christians are even considering divorce, it, it just drives me crazy. You know what? Let's just stand up for something. 
Okay? Stop adopting the ways of the, of the world. When you gave your life to Christ, everything about you should be changing, including your attitudes towards marriage. You know, Martha, last Tuesday, we talked about the 25 tips for a great marriage. And we got through 14 of them. I want to review those really, really quickly, but I know you don't want us to spend so much time because we, we've got another 11 we got to highlight. Yeah, we, you know, like our pastor says, everybody has to listen fast so we can get through it all. <laughs> Actually, I think what he does is he more criticizes people for listening too slowly. You're yeah, listening so too slowly. Up. That's right. All right. <laughs> so we, we start off with just a couple of the, our number one and number two. Absolute. If all you do is get this out of today, and maybe you didn't listen last week, so you're listening today for the first time, is the number one and number two things for making a, a great marriage. Pray together is the number one. Pray together. It is. And um, when we talk about that, and a lot of people just think, oh, well, that's a given, but a lot of people we talk to don't do it. And it is precious. It is um, very much an important part of our day. Even, um, I don't, you said you want to move through this quickly. Okay, yeah, you're right. I, what I think we need to do is we need to grab one of the couples that we encouraged to do that over the last decade and through marriage mentoring and have them come on the show with us. It's a great idea. So the other one okay. is talk. Schedule time to talk together each and every day. Those are your number one. Number two, keep a date night was one. Yes. The rest of these are not in any particular no order. No particular order. Those are number, number one and two is, is pray and talk together every day. Make it intentional to talk about the day. So keep a date night. Never go to bed angry. That one really should be number three. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll okay. let you new number number that one. Okay. But, wow, that was good, honey. I know. Okay. Make your relationship the first priority. Mm -hmm. Don't walk out during an argument, which really goes bad. To, don't go to bed angry, but don't walk out on an argument. Maybe you need to walk away for a second to cool down. But finish your arguments, but do it right. But if you can't resolve it at 1230 at night, you're not going to resolve it at 230. That's right. Just agree to forgive each other and reevaluate once you're not so exhausted anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and learn to forgive quickly. That's right. That's those, your top eight. Those are the top ones. And then some of the other ones that we talked about, um, I was saying that I really appreciated this tip where it just said, well, I hope you appreciate it. It says, well, I when know. I dress up, make sure that I'm dressing up for my husband, not for anybody else. And so I think that puts a real good priority on how you dress and the fact that it really matters um, that you are, you have your head in the right place. Well, and, but it says also on that line, you, you did this last week too, oh, yeah. and put on lipstick. Put on please, lipstick. Please don't do that. Kiss me first before you put on lipstick. Yep. Lipstick that's what, tastes that's disgusting. That's what we do. And you, you also, don't like a big red mark on it. And I put on there, I don't. And leave the toilet seat down. Gentlemen, that's a very nice thing to know, do. It's just, I mean, come on. Seriously, why is that such a big deal? I just don't get it. Guys are like, you forget it. It's just a seat. Put it down when you're done. Amen. There you go. It's a simple thing. Um, another one we talked about was um, talking to your spouse more kindly than you talk to anyone else in the world. We often let down our guard <laughs> and allow the me the meanness or the frustration of the day to come out with the one that we supposedly love the very most. I succeeded in violating this one this week, didn't I? I, I don't remember because I think on the list somewhere we are to keep a scorecard. Okay. Well, I appreciate you don't keep a scorecard, but yeah. I'm really sorry that I lost my cool this week and treated you like I shouldn't have treated you. Oh, thank you. All right. So then um, your kids come. This is a hot button mm -hmm. for me. Your kids come second. And I'm going to clarify this. Your kids come third. God comes first. Your marriage relationship comes second. Your kids comes third. The marriage relationship is not about the children. They weren't there when you started or they shouldn't have been. And they're not there when you end it because they are supposed to move out. So if your kids are still there and they're 40, 
Give them a bus <laughs> ticket somewhere. I mean, seriously. Unless there's special needs, they need to be out. Well, one of the really important things with that is that you're modeling it so that for them, their marriage is important and that their life, again, doesn't revolve around the kids. Our kids are wonderful. We love them incredibly. Hi to all of our kids. We haven't said hi on the radio for a while, but we um, we know that God gave us that priority. Um, another one that I really love is you are n- we never drift together. People only ever drift apart. So you really need to be intentional about making sure that your um, relationship is getting stronger because it's not going to just happen by chance. <laughs> I, I love that. You know, people mm-hmm. never drift together. They only drift apart. Yep. And if you've ever been floating in the water and you're not connected, holding hands or something like that, you will definitely drift apart. And sometimes at high speeds. Yes. Especially the two of us because the water picks me up because I got more bulk to throw. <laughs> well, there's two ways to look at that. If you're tubing down a river and you go over rapids or if you're out on the the Gulf of Mexico, you could end up in different parts of the state. <laughs> yes, we could. All right. So the, the last one of the top 14, don't say everything that's on your mind. More marriages would survive if more things went unsaid. And a lot of times that happens. That happens at night. When you're just stupid and you say stupid stuff, you say everything that's on your stupid mind and and it just comes out. Guess what you sound like? Stupid. All right. So (laughs) don't say everything that's on your mind. And and literally one of the greatest things Martha and I have learned to do is when it looks like we're having a stupid argument, we're just like, okay, we just need to go to bed and we'll see if this is still bothering us in the morning. (laughs) And And we just recover. Well, and I think that that also goes not for necessarily things that you're arguing about, but things that just may offend or it's really not important. I know that TV shows are scripted, but if you ever watch like somebody will say something and then there's nothing more, it's like, oh, they didn't need to respond to that. That was a powerful statement. You didn't need to put in your two cents. You didn't need to put in a jab. I um Along those lines, we learned very early in our marriage that sarcasm had no place. And um, and I think that kind of— No, because kinda... my mom taught us that sarcasm is just another form of anger. She was right. Yes, there's a lot of— She's still working on that, but you know. There's a lot of power <laughs> in that. But, it, um, you know, I just I think you, that— Oh, that was such a nice moment there. But there's just a lot of uh, really good things about not just adding your two cents just to have the last word or anything like that. Sometimes just okay, and 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 really, if you are okay. <laughs> but but the issue is sometimes I'll just say okay, and then I might have a face that's still contemplating, and then it bothers Martha that I'm not saying what I'm thinking. <laughs> so you have to be willing to take the okay and just move on. All right. So before we get to the last eleven of the top great twenty-five things to make your marriage as solid as possible. We want to invite Jose to join us a little bit. Hey, Jose. Oh, gosh. What? <laughs> so we, we're going to make sure that uh, yeah, we should we should have called your wife first to make sure she was listening. <laughs> so can how long have you and your bride been married? 19 years. Not, in 19 years. So it's not just by happenstance. You made it 19 years. You've had some tough days, I imagine. Oh, yeah. So in your marriage, what are the top two things you have done to make your marriage solid on a regular basis. Gotcha. And I was blessed to have the the person who married us, um, uh, Pastor Jim Britt, uh, give a pre-marriage counseling session. Mm. And so he gave us three. And I know you just wanted two, but nope. I got three here okay. with, with the couple seconds that I have here. Listen and don't solve the problem for them. Uh, show affection. And then the last one, do not allow the third person into the marriage. Okay, so... 
Explain that last one. What do you mean? (laughs) Uh, Don't let a mother-in-law involved in the affairs of the marriage. Do not let uh, a coworker in. Um, You know, don't let Ah. don't let um, children involved in the affairs of the of the marriage. And um, so the marriage is between the husband and the wife. That's correct. Do not let that third person in. So you actually had a marriage counselor tell you. Don't just listen and don't fix the problem. That was a wise. That, I mean, man. that's incredible. I didn't yeah, learn that. Well, because uh, you remember a couple shows ago, oh, no, you, I... you were talking that the male tendency is to um, solve the problem, right? That's how we think. That's how we're wired. <laughs> exactly. And so, really, our charge is in a marriage because we just know how each other is. We are really supposed to be disciplined and just listen, not necessarily solve the problem, because. The, that, that special lady in our life, our, our wife, she just wants us to listen. She really doesn't want us to solve the problem. She'll ask if she wants us to solve the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And mine does, trust me. So, All right, I like that one. So Jose offers up, listen, and don't fix the problem. Show affection and don't allow third, pe- third persons to get involved in your marriage. That's, that's right, because so marriage is between uh, two people. That's right. The only third being involved will be God. All right, Martha, we're on the second half of this. So we get to our new list. We've done all the reviews. What's your first one you want to add to the list? Um, I love this, and this is something that we live by, and divorce is not an option. Did you have that marked? Did you have that? We, we, I want everybody to know as they're listening that um, we had these lists, and we picked from them without telling each other. So we could kind of see, are some of these important to him and to me? And a lot of them, of course— just resonate differently. So if because, I said that wasn't on my list, would I be in trouble? No, because that's already... It was. Not, it was. Okay. For the record, it was on my list. <laughs> but it's not an option. And we started our marriage that way, and we've con- that will never change. When you make a commitment as a Christ follower, make you're making a commitment. And if you're making a commitment in marriage, you're making a commitment until death do you part. And maybe you just said, until you die. I don't know what your, what your pastor said when you got married, but here's the deal. You're making a commitment... And remember, they give you all those options for better, for worse, and sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer. Is that all of them? I no. don't know. I always get messed up when yeah, I talk about them right. out loud. Because you want to say, most likely poor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But here's the deal. You, you said you're good for both sides. Well, when you get one of the sides that isn't so pleasant, you're like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. You know what? Sometimes life is tough. Well, didn't we but hear? If, if, you, if you stick it out, marriage is awesome. Did it hear, is. Do we hear what? Didn't we hear recently from somebody that they were saying that that was a really important thing for kids to understand, too, because the kids worry, like, every time their parents argue, does that mean they're getting a divorce? So it's really important to let the children know. So we should stop arguing? No, but let so the we, kids know okay we're going to argue, argue but okay. we're not going to get divorced. Right. We're going to have disagreements. We're not going to see eye to eye on everything. In case well, the listeners possible. haven't, You're a foot shorter than me. If the, if the listeners haven't figured it out yet, we have a lot of things we look at from different angles. But we men are different than women. We are, wait till next yes, ne- next, next week's we'll next week's conversation. That. Yes, men are waffles, women are spaghetti. Do you think we should go out for waffles before we? Do the show? No, I think it'd be a great night to go to Waffle House afterwards. Okay. Free plug. We can make that a date. And then, therefore, we're doing one of the things that we All say right, so is very important. Divorce so is anyway, not an option. Divorce is not an option. And, and, and let your kids know that. And, and here's why you're letting your kids know that. Because I'm telling you, kids who are have mom and dad solid marriages, they're going to school with kids who don't. And they're wondering. Because they're hearing about divorces. And they're wondering. 
are my mom and dad going to get a divorce? Because it sucks. That's All right. right. So my next one was, yours. it's not 50-50. Marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. It's all in, baby. All in. That's right. Not 50-50. You don't get to put 50%. What, what if you went to the altar and when the father's giving away the bride and he says, okay, son, are you all in? He goes, you know, I'm 50% in. No, yeah, no. That's not what a dad wants to hear no. at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wants you to be all in. That's right. So that was mine. Okay, that's a good one. It is? Um, so that's acceptable? Yeah, was that one of yours? I will accept that. Was that um, one of yours? I don't think I circled that one because there were just so many other ones. So let me tell you another one. I love this one. Never meet without an affectionate welcome. So we pretty much always kiss each other hello and goodbye Give a hug. Often that includes if we're if it's except in the, when I'm sick. When you're sick, we don't do that. But I remember actually a couple of weeks ago. Well, we still say hi. Yes. And hug. Yeah. We don't kiss if I'm sick. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that for everybody out there. Well, we love but, each other, and it's fun. But, to hug. So that's why this was a good tip. Never meet without an affectionate welcome, and this actually has a verse with it. Um. It says, kiss me again and again. Your love is sweeter than wine. The Song of Solomon 1 verse 2. But the oh. but the point is, and I, I remember actually a couple of weeks ago, I can't even remember why um, I was going somewhere and you were doing something in the garage and I left and I'm like, oh, I think that's the first time in like 10 years I've left without giving you a kiss. I cried. Did you? I cried. I'm so sorry. You know I love you. Well... Yes, you I do. still felt hurt. I'm so sorry. Okay, so but that's a good one. Okay, so here's a great one, and this this is from our premarriage counseling. This is one we got. You know, we got to the uh, we had a, 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 our pastor and our uh, he was the senior associate pastor associate pastor mm-hmm. at our church when we were growing up, and uh, he did our premarital counseling, and he's a guy that's been married about 50 years already, and he says, okay, now finally we're a topic. The most important topic about your marriage we need to talk about. And I'm finally, he's going to talk about, but no, he said, we're going to talk about money. Mm -hmm. But here's the the best one. You want to save a lot of hassles in your marriage, eliminate a lot of stress, live within your means. I had that one marked too. Ah, but I had it first. (laughs) So live within your means. Here's why. Listen, if you uh, make $100,000 a year and you spend 120, you add stress. And if you are spending 120, uh, then the next year, now you got $20,000 in debt. The next year you got $40,000. You keep, it, it adds a lot of stress. Sooner you have to pay those people off. And all that stuff breaks. Yeah. The more garbage you have, well, most of you have garages you can't put your car into. <laughs> all right. So live within your means. Actually live less than what you're capable of affording. So you can put away money for retirement and emergencies and planning planning and paying off the debt that you already have and tithing there you go oh yeah well that's what i meant i was going to say that next (laughs) thank you jose right (laughs) live within your means so the number one thing you're doing is you're giving you're tithing then you're saving then you're spending that's a good one jose thank you very good all right all right so live within your means live within your means that's a and you know there is so much comfort in that and security in that knowing that you're um, when you really look at everything in perspective that way. All right, okay. so divorce is not an option. It's not 50-50. Live within your means. Make sure you greet each other with a holy kiss. <laughs> All right, and then I had another one here. If you have a choice between making yourself or your mate look good, choose your mate. So I think a lot of times when, um, you know, especially when you're in a group setting where there are husbands and wives and there's a lot of 
um, joking going on and stuff, you can tend to, um, I think it goes with the sarcasm thing too, but it's really oh, a, sure it does it's a great oh that was good nice try at the sarcasm <laughs> you know it goes along with respect which we spent so much time talking about but being in that situation not to put your spouse down or not to make yourself look more important um, but to raise up your spouse in front of others well and it's for i would say you the first place to practice that is at home in front of your children your mm. children need to know that you totally are enthralled with your spouse well, and that you think highly of them, uh, you know, that's in Romans as well, not to think more highly of yourself than to ought, than you ought to think and, and to look at others and see what they have to offer. And, but being verbal about that, making sure that, that, because that helps with like our words of affirmation, for instance, in our love language, but also just that um, we're esteeming each other. Well, and it's good that the kids know, I mean, if one of our child children growing up became a little disrespectful, we would just remind them, don't talk to my girlfriend that way don't talk to my boyfriend that way don't no do it yeah and you just say it that way because it makes it them realize you know it's just not just mom well, it's the you, person that's so important right to and you, you kiss in him in front of them too just to remind them <laughs> because it drives your kids crazy when you kiss in front of them but that's okay it's good to drive your kids crazy is it yeah, that's it is. okay to do all right so do you want me to do another one all right um make the lord's day a day for rest and worship not work or frenzied recreation. This is something that we started to implement, I don't know, really well within the last 10 years, but really respecting the Sabbath and using that as a time to be together and to build up our relationship. Respect the Sabbath and keep it holy. Mm -hmm. Something like that. That's Honor. a 10 commandment. Honor the Sabbath. That's what it was, a 10 commandment. I like that. All right, so we're talking about the 25 tips for a great marriage, and we've gone through more than... Our fair share. Our fair share. We still have some time left. We do. That's good. And I want to, you did, did you do the last one? Yeah, you yeah did we the were last talking one. about what the was the last Sabbath. one? The Sabbath. I mean, that was fantastic because it is so true. We have been guilty at times of being overly busy on Sundays. Well, and here's the deal. You, for almost a decade, worked on Sundays. I did. So really, we had to treat Saturdays more like the Sabbath than Sunday, or we kind of played it back and forth. We always make sure we take a nap on Sunday afternoon. We do. And and so really, um, for us, I mean, we were attending church, but I went, we didn't go together because I went early and worked late. We'd sit together. But we sat together. Um, but from church, when I was home from work until the end of the day, um, we really made an effort. And it really is an effort. And we understand that there are so many things um, vying for our time. But we really made an effort to try to rest, rejuvenate, and really make sure that we were um, ready to start our new week. That is kind of the idea behind the whole weekend thing. So for us, that looks, has a Sunday nap involved. And then often if the weather is nice, going and sitting at the beach for at least a little while and often reading a book and having that time to kind of talk and be quiet and rest. And it really is an amazing part of um, getting ready for what's ahead and how God gave, he gave us the gift of rest and we don't take advantage of it. And we had a show last year mm -hmm. on enjoying the Sabbath rest. Maybe we ought to bring her back. That was really Carrie good. Carrie Wyatt Kent, I think if I remember correctly. Very good. Yeah. Yes. And her, wasn't it just called rest? The name of her rest. book is it was just very, called rest. It was very, very good. Very good. Uh, but I would tell you the toughest part about doing this whole rest thing on Sundays is by about eight o'clock Sunday night, I get totally depressed because we're not really filling ourselves with anything. So I start to think about the fact, oh, Monday. 
Sunday's coming. Ah! So there have been times in our life when we've either done a Bible study small group on Sunday night. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe that's what we need to do. Or we like to entertain and have somebody over for dinner on Sunday night. And it really does because that's very, re- I love Couldn't to- we just eat and do a Bible study? We could. I love to cook. I love to host dinner. And there's nothing better than having um, friends and fellowship. And so that is a good part of a Sunday evening. All right. So talking about Bible studies, how about my next one is put God first. I have a star by that Uh one too. But I got it. I got it. All right. So put God first. Here's what it means. You know, Here's the deal. We've, as we work with couples, and we've worked with over 60 couples, which is not a lot compared to some professional counselors. We're not. We're just marriage mentors. We've worked with over 60 couples, and one of the first things we encourage people to do is stop worrying about all your spouse's problems. Work on your own. That's the whole Jesus parable when he says, listen, don't worry about the speck of sawdust in your neighbor's eye when you got a pole in your own. Yeah, but... Yeah, but I think maybe theirs might be more important. <laughs> well, yeah, but if they would just fix this and I'd be better. Yeah. So the issue is if you put God first in your relationship and you both are working on that relationship, both keeping your eyes on the Lord, then you will naturally draw together. You know, one of, one of the greatest marriage movies we have seen, it's like oh, in the top three. Yeah. Marriage Retreat. Marriage Retreat. Excellent. Excellent. It's a funny entertaining, pretty well done movie. I would highly recommend it. It's like a B plus, A minus Christian movie. Yeah, but there was a great um, visible... They dealt with pornography in that movie. They dealt with infidelity in that movie. They dealt with a a lot of great stuff. But the big thing was the the camp counselor draws a triangle in people's hands and said, this is the solution. Yep. And And the triangle is the solution. Both of you at the bottom, the picture an isosceles triangle, for those of you that actually remember that from math, <laughs> doesn't really matter, but a triangle that's equally, an equilateral triangle, it's not isosceles, an equilateral triangle. And you're both at the bottom corners and God's at the top corner and, and you're both seeking God you're, and it will naturally draw you closer together. That's right. And that was a powerful illustration and it really makes a lot of sense because if we're both looking to Christ and growing closer to him, then as we grow up that line, we're growing closer to each other. So the symbolism is just very clear. And um, if if God is the priority, then the other priorities um, are easier to figure out. All right. So what's your next one? Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, we have dead air oh, time. I honey. know. I'm not supposed to do that, am I? Oh, marriage is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's there's going to be deep valleys and there's going to be high mountains, but all along the way, um, the, there's a constant and the and the marriage is not going away. It's just there are times when it's tougher than others, and um, we're in it for the long haul. And I don't want that to be a negative thing. Not a long haul like oh I need to endure this. It's a lifelong journey. So we're growing through all of it, and sometimes there's peaks and valleys. And, um, but those things strengthen us. It's not like a long haul. For those of you that are familiar with I-80 across Nebraska or maybe I-90 across North Dakota, it's not like that. Not that kind of long haul where it's just straight and boring. That's not it. It's more like a long haul, uh, like I-10 across Albuquerque or or it's I-20 and I-10 across Albuquerque and going into Phoenix or Tucson where you got hills and valleys and there's mountains and it's cool. All a variety of terrain. Is that what you're trying to say? So that's what of, I'm trying to say. But the journey is so worthwhile. 
And that's that's the important thing. So a lot of people don't take road trips anymore like we used to with our kids. I'm ready. Let's go on a road trip this weekend. Um, sure. No, we're going to have a Sabbath weekend. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. We'll get to go on a road trip on that or something. Okay, so listen, uh, that's yours. My next one. Here's my next one. Okay. Never bring up mistakes of the past. Mm. And here's where we see a lot of couples. And it's not just women, although they do have the tendency to have the ability to remember extensive failures of the past. I think but, it's because we remember just details. We are very detail-oriented. Well, I think it's the spaghetti versus the waffles. Okay. Okay. So, and if you're wondering what we're thinking about or talking about, just listen to next Tuesday's show. <laughs> so, here, here's an issue. Again, if you're focused on the Lord and God is number first, number first, number one in your relationship, you're not going to be always looking at your spouse's issues. And when you say, when, when your spouse says, I'm sorry, uh, please forgive me, I love you, and you say, okay, I forgive you. What does that mean, honey? It means I forgive you. And then I'll break out in the song, Let It Go. That's, <laughs> could you do that? No. Okay. But here's the deal. If you say, I forgive you, it, it we're, 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 we're imitating what our Heavenly Father has done with us. Mm-hmm. And he says he's going to throw our sins as far as the east is from the west. Well, we now know that in our known, the known universe... The east is from the west is about 14 billion light years. Give or take. Give or take. And, I, and it keeps growing. And in it keeps ro- growing. In the sense that they keep learning so more and more. It's a it's long not growing, ways. But We're it's, talking it's even wh- whatever. Uh, it's not trillions of miles because that's, bill- that's, a, uh, that's a light year. In other well, words, the east is never going to touch the west. Right. Okay. Right. Long ways. So, you know, you're not perfect either. Don't keep track of your, if you're so busy keeping track of your spouse's issues, you're never going to work on your own. And you're just a, well, I'm going to say, gentlemen, if you keep track of your wife's issues, you're just a jerk. Don't do that. I mean, who does, Jesus doesn't do that. We can't do that. So just let it go. But don't sing the song unless you really have a good voice, but you need to let it go. And, and ladies, if you're doing it and you're remembering all your husband's issues, that's just so disrespectful. I mean, both of you treat each other as, I mean, husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. I mean, and, and wives, respect your husbands. I mean, and, and husbands, your wives will have no problem respecting you if you love them like Christ loves the church. That's the bottom line. So we get down to that don't, don't bring up past mistakes because God doesn't do it. He doesn't throw that stuff in our face. Mm-hmm. I love. Um, Did I violate anything on there? You got a funny look on your face. No, okay, not right. at all. That was all great. Right. What's your next one? Um, there, there, this list came up with some really good rules for friendships within um, a marriage relationship. And I think that they're very powerful because the people that you spend your time with, they hugely influence you, whether you want them to or not. So make good choices. Make sure that um, now it is great to go out of your comfort zone and to reach out to people and minister to them. But the people that are speaking into your life need to be people that are also wanting to strengthen their marriage and um, have a Christ-centered marriage as well, because you don't want your close friendships to be pulling you down. They want, you want them to be lifting you up as a couple. Right. You're looking for people that are wanting to have these same 25 great things in their marriage. You know, where the marriage is 100-100, where they're not, divorce is not an option, where they're living within their means. You want to surround yourself with people that are like-minded to you, and they'll be an encouragement, or at least they won't be a discouragement to you. Yeah, and I think- Friends are a really important piece. And I think that having people that challenge you in your life is 
so powerful. We don't want to be like-minded in the sense that, oh yeah, you know, we know that they're believers, we're believers, so we don't really need to talk about it. No, we want relationships that are going to challenge us. Hey, what are you guys doing to grow your marriage? What are you doing to grow your relationship with the Lord? And ask sometimes the tough questions, but still be able to have a lot of fun with them. And another tip on the the friendship side is just always making sure that you're um, you're not creating strong relationships with anybody of the opposite sex. That's because it's right. Just a, it's just a recipe for disaster, disaster, confusion. Um, it just doesn't need to happen unless that uh, only your spouse. Anytime you think about sinning against your marriage, just think about you're not only impacting you and your spouse, you're impacting your grandchildren. I mean, well, and that's really important to know. We got to keep moving. We do. But okay. Go ahead. No, no. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say gonna a lot of point. times that kind of a friendship isn't intentionally going to lead to sinning. But it, it's a, it's just a recipe for disaster. It's called a guardrail. Put a guardrail guard in place. Rail. Put yep. a guardrail in place. Don't, don't have relationships with people of the other opposite sex. It's just mm-hmm. not healthy. All right. So one of the ones that I had, I have really two more I wanted to share. That's okay. Go but don't fast. use faith, the Bible, or God as a hammer. Do not use scripture to discipline your spouse. That's not a Christ-like quality at all. And we have we have heard that. We have seen it. We've had friends experience it. Don't Don't do that. Jesus didn't use the Bible as a hammer. He used the Bible to open the eyes of the people around him. That's right. He who has ears, let him hear. That's right. What was your other one? Well, the other one was the the most important one that we had as a family. One of the things that made our marriage strong and made our family strong is we ate dinner together almost every night for the 22 years we had children at home. Probably 24 years we had children Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. that That was a priority. No matter what time we could all be together, we ate dinner together because it was a time for us to talk, a time for us to talk with our kids, a time for our kids to talk to us. I mean, it was it was good and the food was good. Well, yeah, it it creates that environment for open conversation, happy tummies and um, being healthy, as well as just being able to be a family. That's why we get married. That's why we have kids is to have that relationship. All right, but that's that's a tough one in today's world because everybody in the whole, everybody and their grandmother are telling you, hey, get the kids involved in sports that'll take every, every of your evenings. Whew. So just say no. <laughs> just just say no. Like Nancy Reagan, just say no. All right, we got one more. We got time for one more. This is the last one, number 25. All righty. Seven. <laughs> Whatever number we're on. Really, the only thing keeping you from a happy marriage is the condition of your heart. And the fact that, there, oh, you look like you're oh, I just was going to do that. I got the deep, low voice going today, so I go, oh. You do. So really, um, it's not about focusing on ourselves, but on our heart. And with that, you could, you could be poor. You could be, um, I would say homeless, but, you know, you could have almost nothing. But if your heart is, your the condition of your heart is towards Christ, then your relationship with each other can be fulfilling. And in this, they, they use the word happy. Well, and, you know, I, don't, I don't know. Your marriage isn't always going to be happy, but it can be joyful. And, and here's the deal. If you put God first and you focus on the 100-100, you're all in, and you focus on the triangle, and what is it really all about is like, okay, we're both going to focus on God. I'm going to stop worrying about my spouse's issues, and we're both going to equally chase after the Lord. You're, it's going to fix a lot of issues. 
It just fixes a lot of issues. It is. And, you know, it talks about the fact that there are so many wealthy people that are unhappy. But that's not because that's not where happiness comes from. No, the condition of one's heart mm-hmm. is really determined by a relationship with the Lord. And, and really, if you're two Christ followers in a marriage, it, it just can be incredible. So that'd be an encouragement just to really do that. So we've given you lots of information. If you want all of these lists sent out to you, we certainly could do that. We could send them to you in an email. Just email us jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com. All right, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him Together on Tuesdays, baby. What a great, what a good show. I liked it. Let's put one of these into practice tonight. Okay, okay. let's go on a date. What did you learn today on how we can take this city for Jesus Christ? Here's what you learned. You learned we need to invest in our marriages. You learn. I mean, as we, what did you learn? What did you learn? today really that our faith impacts our marriage because if we're going to put the have our heavenly father at number one in our marriage and our marriage at number two in our lives and our children at number three and we go all in it changes things the condition of our heart and we stop worrying about all the sin issues that our spouse has and start looking at all the sin issues that we have we all start to change the world really because if we put those things into practice in our own workplace and stop worrying about other people's issues and start worrying about our own issues the world starts to become a better place to live because we're so worried about all other everybody else's problems, we gotta start worrying about our own. And so that's the challenge. That's why we ask you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Go out to iworkforhim.com tonight and click on the I Work For Him Nation tab and commit to praying for your coworkers and employees. Why? Because it will change the condition of your heart. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.